Friends, I am back again this week to talk about the latest news in AI and the first bit of news. I'm just going to make sure my stream is streaming. Yes, it is. All good. So the first bit of news is that Google faked their Gemini launch video. So I did a video about this last week where I was talking about all of the amazing capabilities of uh, Gemini, the latest Google model. It turns out that video was a bit of a fabrication, and I'll talk in a minute about why. But the second piece of news, which is potentially even more interesting, is that a new upstart has stolen all of the wind out of Google sales with uh, an amazing launch. It's Mistral, who are a French company, who have launched their latest model, which is different in some pretty significant ways from um, the Googles and the open AIs of this world. So I'm going to come on to talk about that as well. First of all, though, Google, this is incredible. So the video that was released, um, many of you might remember, it was a video of they were drawing a duck and talking to the model and the model was understanding it. It was all in real time. They were having a conversation. It was saying, okay, now tell me what you see here. And it was saying, I see a duck. And then it was saying, and what about now? And the duck's on a map of the world and all of this stuff. Well, it turns out that it was a big load of nonsense. Um, I'm just going to check my audio. Um, turns out it was a big load of nonsense. The video was not done in real time and it wasn't done with voice and it wasn't even done with video. So all of the things that made this um, piece of content, this launch content really compelling, actually it turns out were not true. So they Google said themselves, we created the demo by capturing footage in order to test Gemini's capabilities on a wide range of challenges. Then we prompted Gemini using still image frames from the footage and prompting via text. So the most amazing thing about this, it's multimodality. The thing that got all the headlines, it really isn't at all. Uh, they're just using frames. So they're using still images. They're not using video. And there's the, the one of the most impressive things about it was that it was happening so quickly. That, again, was not the case. It had latency, it had delays, and these were not represented at all in the footage that we all saw. So pretty crazy thing to do. And then finally, the prompting via text. So it wasn't even voice. They were they were prompting it with with text inputs. So crazy, crazy scenes um, and very disappointing from Google. It, it, you know, the performance stats still stand and I'm sure it is a very impressive model, but really it's it's kind of uh, it's Google has seems to have lost quite a lot of credibility off the back of this. So. What is next? So Mistral. This is the really exciting new launch from a company in France. In France, so it's called Mixtral, Mixtral of experts, and I'll come on to explain why that is. But first of all, Mistral AI. So I'm just going to share my screen to this TechCrunch article. 
So Mistral have raised 385 million euros or $415 million, there or thereabouts, um, off the back of raising $112 million seed round less than six months ago to set up a European rival to OpenAI. So they've got this this very, very dashing French CEO who is um, quoted here saying that we've been pursuing a clear trajectory, that of creating a European champion with a global vocation in generative artificial intelligence based on an open, responsible and decentralized approach to technology. So this is the key thing here is that it's open source. So in their launch blog, they talk about open weights. So for those unfamiliar, open weights is a new kind of terminology. I discussed with a previous podcast guest, Joseph Jacks, who says that he refers to open weights rather than open source with regards to AI. And that's because really it's just a set of probabilities. You could you can put AI models in a comma separated values file. It's it's probability weights. And so they call it open weights rather than open source because source refers to source code. And really with AI models, there is no source code. So they talk about open weights. And so it's a real kind of paradigm shift here in what they're doing. So I'll quickly share the launch blog. And here you can see mixtural of experts. And this mixtural refers to mixture of experts. Sparse mixture of experts is the type of model that they've built. And so it's different from the traditional large language models in that it is kind of optimizing for efficiency and latency rather than high performance. So essentially what you do with mixture of experts, and look, I'm not a developer here, but uh, much less a, a data scientist, but after having done a bit of background reading, essentially what it's doing is taking, creating nodes, which are referred to as the experts. And then there is a, uh, a, a decision maker that comes up with the final prediction. So they have these kind of judges. So what it does is splits the big problem into smaller pieces, trains a super smart expert for each piece brings in a decision maker, which is known as the gating model to choose which experts should take the lead. And then finally gather up the experts advice and the decision makers choice to come up with the final prediction. So I found this really great um, medium article, which introduces mixture of experts. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's really interesting. Um, take a read. So it's, it's like a teamwork technique. And so it breaks down the task into smaller parts. And what it, what it essentially means is that you get to have um, fewer parameters per token. So it's, as I say, it's kind of optimized for efficiency. So they're really taking a different approach. They are looking at this, A, from an open source perspective, so anybody can get involved, and then B, from an efficiency perspective, so it's going to run on different things. It's comparing itself in the launch blog, which I will take you back to. Um, so this is this is the breakdown on um, subtasks and experts and how that all works. As I say, I will share that in the show notes. But if I take you back now, to the launch blog for Mistral AI. You'll see here further down that it's comparing itself against Llama 
which is the meta, which is also the meta model, which is also open source, and then GPT 3.5, which is obviously not the most up-to-date GPT model. Um, GPT 4 is more up-to-date, GPT 4 Turbo. But they're not clearly interested in super, super high performance like GPT-4 and, and subsequent models are likely to be. They're interested in a more agile, flexible and accessible model, which is open to everybody. Because this, this is a big conversation in the AI world about how far behind the frontier models open source is. And open source seems to be catching up very quickly. And open source for many people is much more compelling because A, it means it, the power is not concentrated in the hands of so few people like OpenAI or like Google. And then B, it means that you're kind of distributing the risk. So anybody that's building something on an open source model, the rest of the world will understand what they're doing. And so with that transparency, with that understanding, comes a kind of risk mitigation and it also means that anybody can can build on these things in a way that you kind of can't with the with the big models so another thing to mention about uh so here you can see uh we measure the quality versus inference budget trade-off so it's that trade-off that clearly is very crucial here another thing to note with mistral mixtral sorry is that they're making a big deal about the languages. So here you can see it handles English, French, Italian, German, and Spanish. Now, I think this is going to be really important. So we are, I, I'm currently building um, AI products or working with people that are, and a big question that comes up a lot is whether or not translations are going to be possible. And it's kind of difficult to know what the the degree to which it's french italian german and spanish uh how, how good they are from what i can ascertain from my conversations they're not as good as the english version now they they they, they say that they are good at other languages you know open ai say that their models are good with other languages but it's not been presented as a feature and i suspect that's because much of what it's been trained on is english language and of course with any llm it is all about the training data. And it's important to start thinking, I think, about the different specializations of different AI models, because increasingly the important thing is gonna be the data that you hold, which is why companies like Google are regarded as being in such a strong lead here. Microsoft is because they have access to vast repositories of data. But actually, as these models become better and as as they move into different architectures like this one what you'll find is that actually the the training and the deep tech behind them becomes less important and actually the most important thing is the data that they're trained on and so enterprises are going to find this they're going to start building their own llms that are really their own that are trained on specifically on their data and so things like different languages are going to become important. I think that could be a real niche for, uh, you know, obscure countries. If you're living in a country that um, has a, a, a non-global language, then there's probably a real opportunity to build a large language model trained on all of the, all of the open web from that particular country. Um, but the language thing I think will be important. And I, I don't think that the current models 
are really that bothered about it. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on with that. Um, so finally, then, um, let me just check my notes here. So I just wanted to look at thoughts from Jim Fan, who is a senior research scientist at NVIDIA. So I'll just share my screen with his thoughts on as well. So firstly, successful startup founded good timing in the open source versus closed AI debate. Um, big valuation, lots of money raised, already discussed that. But I think it is quite telling that they've had such a strong positive reaction versus Google's negative reaction because, you know, the open source movement does seem to be gaining ahead of steam. Um, so dozens of models coming out every month, but only a handful actually have staying power. I think he's suggesting there that this is one of them. Um, so he's here, he's talking about the, uh, the, the, the architecture that we've just discussed, the, the mixture of mixtural of experts, mixture of experts. Um, he says it's much easier for grassroots AI engineers to build on. And he's talking here about the capacity. So again, MOE is the right path forward. It flexibly trades off between knowledge memorization and efficiency of a small model. So again, it's a different approach, one that Jim clearly um, appreciates and you know, I think he's a really good um, commentator on this. You should you should all go out and follow him because I've been following him for a while. Uh, and then here, an LLM is a snapshot of a civilization. There'll be a lot more localized LLMs that represent different cultures, political spectrum, religious beliefs, etc. So this again kind of speaks to what I was saying about the the languages. It will become a kind of there will become different microcosms of different types of AI. Um, and then here he's just talking about their marketing strategy. A little bit less interesting, I think. Um, Hosted API endpoint, best way to quickly gather customer feedback, iterate on the in the wild use cases, yada, yada, yada. Okay, um, so oh, and it's monetizing OSS models. So th this is also interesting, commercial open source, making money from open source models. There's no IP to monetize. That It's just about the pace of innovation and the usefulness. This is, again, something that you're going to see more of. People are realizing that the pace of innovation is really the only moat the only thing that's important protecting your ip is going to become more difficult but it's also kind of going to become pointless as as you know ai has become increasingly more intelligent there won't really be much point because they're going to be improving so quickly that it won't matter um so i am going to stop sharing that um and that really is um, me for today. So I wanted to talk about Mistral. I'm going to be reading more of their blog post and um, I'll be interested to see what people build on them. I'll be interested to see the commentary. I would love to hear what you guys think in the comments um, about A, the Google shenanigans, let's call them, and B, what you think about Mistral AI. They seem like a pretty compelling proposition to me. But then again, I was really blown away by Google and look what happened there. So who knows? Maybe it's all a load of nonsense. Although, actually, now that I mention it, probably less likely with an open source model because everybody can see what's going on. Whereas Google, it's all seems to have been smoke and mirrors up to this point. So we don't really know whether it's any good or not. Um, but yeah, that's it from me. Um, leave a Leave your thoughts in the comments. I'd love to hear what you think. I will be back with guests soon. Um, I've been doing, 
I haven't had a guest on for a, for a few weeks. It's just been me streaming, but I've got some awesome guests uh, talking nuclear science, which will be interesting. Um, I'm going to be talking about gene editing next week. Um, and I've got lots more AI guests coming up as well. So keep tuning in. Thanks for joining me. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye.